What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle course record at Harding Park of... Guy, much improved Haberman. All right. I will take that. You a little sore today? Uh, No, I feel good. Um, feel good. You know, I was working with that bruised index, but uh, no, feel good. Are you sore? Uh, you know, a little bit. What do you think we walked? Like a total of uh, forty-eight feet. I'm, you know, most people I play with immediately want to get the cart. I'm never opposed to walking. No push cart, not carrying the bag. Yeah. But you know, it's just an excuse to get five or six miles in. You know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm all for the push cart. No interest in carrying my bag. None, zero. Yesterday was cold, so I mean it would have been tough. A little bit of rain at a Harding Park. Yeah, yeah. That's it right. would have been it would have been difficult. We were the uh, only podcasters, I believe, that were a part of the uh, Harding Park 2020 PGA Championship Media Free Golf, which is what we were doing out there on Monday. The uh, the PGA Championships coming to TPC Harding Park, a public course. Don't ask where the park. Uh, figure that out. Bike, ride share, bikes, all that. Uber, Lyft. Uber, Lyft. Public trans. Uh, but all in all, John, safe to say after watching you play yesterday, I think you could make the cut if you play the course the same way you did. The well, you know PGA what's funny is I, in 2020. I got a lot of people DMing me that play out there, and they're like, you know what? The, the courses, they've really toughened it up and tightened the fairways. I'm like, I, it didn't feel that tough to me. We kept talking about it during – just knowing how good these guys are. I mean, I shot 80, 81 and I was, I mean, I was average at best, but I mean, granted I'm playing the white tees, like they would be playing two tees behind us, but still, I mean, these guys are fucking incredible. The course is short. Now if the wind picks up, they grow the grass out. I I, I do think we're going to see some low scores from some of these guys out there though. I mean, they are just too good. And that's just the length. It's just when courses are short, they just annihilate short courses. It's just a shorter course. Yeah, I. Uh, what did the guy tell us out there? They're gonna the the rough will be up two another inch and a half, another inch and a half, almost two inches, and a couple of the par fives will become par fours. Yeah. Uh, 
So to me, it's it's also dependent on you know if it's super overcast and like misty, it gets. It but you play four days of golf, you're going to get a day like that. You're going to get a sunny day for sure. But I mean, and you're also going to get a rainy, misty. You're going to get half the day is one way, half the day is another way, which is fine. You'll get all that stuff. But there, I mean, there's a slow, I mean, a small, minute chance that it's pretty sunny three of the four days, right? Or would you say no? Yeah, no, I, it's definitely possible. I and mean, we've had weeks like that already this year. But we're a week we're a, we're a week away from being a year away because the PGA Championship. Get ready because we'll be talking gambling next week. Tiger Woods, the favorite at Bethpage. We're again a week away from a year away from that tournament happening. It'd yeah. Be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll be. We might be there. Yeah. No, it's if cool. So we had we had fun. We had a good time. Uh, we'll talk more about it uh, in a moment. But uh, well, enough about it. You can go see our IG stories. Uh, and uh, Twitter handles for uh, more of us swinging golf clubs. I've gotten a lot of reaction out of your uh, big, what do you think that was, like a eight-footer for a birdie? Three birdies out of four holes? Yeah. I, I, Clutch putt. I eat it up. Clutch putt. Uh, Mother's Day is less than a week away, John. It is quickly approaching. This podcast, podcast, brought to you in part by Sherry's Berries. Mother's Day is this Sunday, May 12th. We've been getting the berries. We've been giving the berries. We've been eating the berries. Uh, it is the go-to gift here for Mother's Day, no doubt about it. I'm excited, guy. My mom's already got some a couple weeks ago because we get some free ones. But I got to make sure we get credit, so I'm going to resend. I'm going nice. to actually order it whenever I get off the podcast here. I'm going to get her some berries, guy. They're designed just for mom. They're topped with chocolate chips, pink shimmer sugar, mm. and swizzles. Again, this is such an easy gift to get mom. You just go to, sh- to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S. You go to the top right-hand corner and hit the microphone. You order, you know, six, or you can upgrade to 12 for $10 more. And uh, type in the promo code HAM, guy, and you just send the berries to mom. It's so easy. You or get grandma. credit. She yeah. loves you. Or grandma. Or your wife. Uh, Sister-in-law. Yeah. Godmothers. Yeah, whoever. Sisters. Who are moms. Don't wait until the last minute. <laughs> Huh? I, I heard Brian Winhorse talking about it, and the guy the, like on his podcast, his producer's like, why do you have to get your wife something? He's like, you, she she's not your mom. He's like, well, my daughter is 18 months. What? She's not going to get her anything. So I just write her name on it. So it's even if you're in that situation, you got a young family. You got to take care of your yeah. wife. Also, you got to take care of your mom. You don't have to do anything. Just be a good person. Be nice. Yeah. Show the loved ones in your life you love them. Don't wait till the last minute either. Berries.com, $19.99, starting at that. Uh, make mom really happy. Double the berries, like John said. Ten dollars more. Mother's Day is Sunday. B e r r i e s dot com. Click on the microphone upper right hand corner and enter the code Ham. That's berries dot com. Click on the microphone. Promo code Ham. That's right. This podcast also brought to you by Hair Club. Your confidence is important, and sometimes one change can make all the difference. In Middlecoff's case, he got jacked. Hair Club knows this. They're inviting you to become a hair club, uh, part of the hair club family. As I saw yesterday, John, I get, I take it for granted. I see you bald every day. And I go, man, it's just a good look. Not everybody looks good bald. Yeah, uh, a couple other people are like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whether you're trying to revitalize the growth of your own hair or learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration, hair club's got your back. Exactly. And, you know, if I would have been six, seven years ago, I, I would utilize this. I say it all the time. I'm still thinking about utilizing it. Uh, it's just kind of been my look, and I, I see it compared to other ball guys. I'm like, damn, I look pretty good. Yeah, you do. But you don't have to look like this because I had to put a beanie on yesterday because when you're bald, you get really cold. Yeah. 
you get you get legitimately like a hat when it's 50 degrees doesn't do it for you when you're Haberman you got that hair or if you're kind of in between us and you're going toward me you can get more like him and the easiest way to just keep it like Haberman is go to hairclub.com slash ham all we need you to do for a free health club and scalp analysis is just sign up hairclub.com slash ham and just sign up guy that's right and then you you uh, and enjoy a 250 savings on anything qualifying for hair club service after your initial consultation, if you want to go down that route. Yeah, that's right. $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service, hairclub.com slash ham, free hair health and scalp analysis, and the $250 savings on any qualifying service, hairclub.com slash ham. So you, you never have to worry about, like, lotioning your head. <laughs> you know? No. Like, that's something that I have to think about because, like, you – when you wash your face, when you're bald, you wash your head too. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you shave your face, you also shave your head. You get scaly. Yeah, you just, you have to moisturize. Get you get a little ashy. Yeah. Get a little scalpy. Um, you know, it's interesting, John. We're so into the, uh, and obviously all our listeners are, are pretty deep into the uh, new media podcast world. I'd say, I'd say, guy, most people under 50 uh, consume audio that way. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, we went out to, uh, to golf and... Um, Somebody came up with and was like, uh, man, how come you guys are not on radio yet? Or again, what, what's going on? Like, it's, how come you guys haven't been back on radio? Like, much like John's uh, uh, hair, some of it might have been uh, pushed, but it's a choice now. <laughs> it's 100% choice. I also think Did you notice my on my golf cart what it said? It said Guy Haberman, 95-7 the game. Well, I, I, maybe it was just arrogance. I'm like, I just think I get these emails. I've realized I've been on these email chains for eight years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I just take it for granted. I just assume they knew. So I didn't. Not quite eight years yet, but yeah. What, whatever it is, you know, they, they just, I'm just saying from when we started, mm-hmm. you know, to where we are now, 14, yeah, you're right, six, seven years, that I just assumed that the the PR people knew what I was doing. I didn't even think about it. And then we get out there and we see ninety five seven the game. What did it say by oh, your name? It said ninety five seven. Oh, the game. it did. And yeah. Jeff. And Jeff. Little Jeff couldn't. Yeah, make my it. little brother couldn't make it. He was our producer. Oh, uh, remind yeah, me. Yeah, ninety five seven the game. But it's funny because I we got this yesterday and I I get it a decent amount whenever I'm somewhere like I go in when I did the draft show and you're just around like other media people in the news business. Mm-hmm. Actually, Larry Beal's pretty like he understands it, but the other people just kind of in that building, like, man, it's crazy. You guys aren't on the radio. And I think, and the way I'd kind of parallel it is I would imagine a lot of newspaper people probably 10, 15 years ago when people started blogging, like Dave Portnoy, uh, Jason McIntyre. Well, Bill what Simmons, are you? right? Bill Simmons. Bill, well, but, but, but he kind of. To me, they were a little different because ESPN.com, they signed so many big-time writers. I mean, Peter Gammons. I, I think it was more like – I, I would parallel us. I, I know you're not big on this guy. But, like, the big lead, I never read it, Jason McIntyre. And I don't care for what Jason McIntyre does. But he did sell his website at one point in time, I think, for like $10 million. Like, it's – he those type people, like what Portnoy's doing. I used like, to read game. the big lead all the time. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people did. And – a lot more. I don't think people realize this. The older generation, those websites run circles around the newspaper. Like my mom, who's over 70, canceled all our newspapers. I'm like, mom, wh- why are you getting these newspapers? And when she starts canceling these newspapers, they're not. I say this all the time about newspapers. They're not dying. They're dead. Radio's a little different. But I think on the West Coast, like in this market, 
where you know we're a we're a Bay Area show, but we talk about other stuff. But for the most part, we're always going to talk Niners, Raiders, and today we'll talk Warriors. The radio market is diminishing. It is down substantially over the last couple of years. I got news for you. That's only going to continue. Our our market share is growing. Ad sales are growing. Listenership is growing. Like the game is just changing. It's cool to be a part of it. And luckily, we're young and it was the right time. But it's just, you know, how come you're not on radio? I don't know. I got more people listening to me on my new medium and I own it. That's why. I don't have to work around people I don't even pretend to like and I can't even fake it. Like I'm not a great politician. I don't think they know what they're doing. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's listening. That's pretty that simple. By the way, you just, when you brought up your brother, uh, uh, here's a pro tip that we learned yesterday. If you're going to play in a golf tournament, this we stumbled into this and it worked out great. Now, if you're paying for each individual person, that's a different animal. But if you've got like a free golf tournament you're going to be a part of and they ask who's coming, Tell them three people. Tell them yes. three. Don't tell them two. Or you can tell them four. That's fine. But if it's going to be two, tell them three. Maybe you, probably, are... you probably could tell them four. Probably you know, could. if it is three. Yeah. And in something like this, I would say the guy that runs KNBR, Lee Hammer, or one of the guys that runs it, longtime uh, boss over there, was telling us that he's doing the same thing at Pebble Beach in a couple weeks. For some reason, I don't know if I got that email. I don't think I would have pulled that off there. Though I actually might have, Jeff probably would have pulled, would have came. But this one, I, I I just had a feel when I got this email. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people there, especially when it lined up with the Warriors game. But I also, we were talking about this, and I got some texts about this yesterday because I put a little Insta story, and someone's like, yeah, you nailed us. I've always thought this, but I've never been in sales, really until now, and I wouldn't even consider myself a sales guy. I just work with advertising agencies. But salespeople, and you've been around a lot of them in your time in radio, they're always just doing stuff. Like, where is the guy? Oh, I don't know. He's at some golf tournament. They play in golf tournaments like once every other week. Mm-hmm. And you kind of justify it. When I got home, I text you at like 6 o'clock. Been up since like 6. It's like, God, I feel like I've accomplished a lot today. And all I did was play golf. And I think in their and mind, you justify content. Yeah, and I, we did shit. But it's just, you just feel really accomplished. You didn't really do that much. You, you didn't step in your office. And those guys, salespeople, do that shit. I mean, I'd say once the sun comes out for the next three or four months, they're averaging, I don't know, one every other week, sometimes more. It's a good life. I, I see why they do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. Thanks to everybody. We got to talk to some people from the course and from the uh, PGA and had a good time. So thanks to everybody out there for having us out and making an awesome uh, – even though it rained a little bit, wasn't it? What, you know what? It was not as windy as I anticipated it being – Water never came into play. Sand came into play a couple times. I, I, um, I do think you are going to enjoy it tenfold watching it, whether we go there, definitely like Saturday, Sunday, when you're watching on TV next year, knowing like the holes. Yeah, that is cool. That is definitely cool. I wonder if they'll flip anything or if they'll leave it all in the same order. Like yeah, I, I think know. the finishing holes were fun. Like I would imagine they leave them, right? Because like 17 and 18 are good finishing holes. 18 was a good finishing hole. Yeah. Right? Was it 18? Yeah. 18 over the water. Even 16 that kind of loops down and shoots right. back up is a good finishing hole. Yeah. I thought the back nine has a stretch of like 14, 15, 16 that are pretty cool holes. Yeah, yeah. yeah for pretty. sure. I, the, the other big question you asked, there's a part for people who haven't been out to the course, I don't remember what hole it was, John, where it starts lining you, San Francisco State and there's just chain link fence all along that street. Are they going to cover? Are they going to hang something over that chain link? 
I, I'd just, imagine, I just watched Milkoff try to sneeze. Did. I just watched Milkoff try to sneeze for four seconds. <laughs> it's it, it going to happen. I thought uh, it was coming. You think they're going to cover I, that I up so you can't just look do, at it from the street? I would also say there are going to be a group of people standing there. So even if you were standing on the street, you wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, it might be a, like, maybe a, a tent. Could be a tent there. Grandstand. Not a lot of room though. Well, think Augusta has moments like that where it kind of goes and you just can't even tell. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. Actually, maybe it doesn't. But yeah, East Lake I remember had a stretch where there's ivy, but it's just a chain link fence with a street on the other side of it, and you don't even know it. Watching it on TV, like you couldn't see people on the other side. No, you couldn't. I mean, if you had looked through the fence, you could, but you don't really notice it unless you're looking for it. That's what I think this is gonna gonna be like. It'll be good. It it is gonna be a big challenge getting there though. And the one thing you tell this is the first time I've ever played there. First time you ever played there. When you're at Olympic, there's a little more space. Pebble, there's definitely more space. I, there's not that much space out there for mm-hmm. just when you think a Tiger Woods group or a Rory group, just the the group of fans, you know, that go, I don't know, ten deep, twenty deep. It's a little difficult because all the holes kind of parallel each other, right? And they're not separated by that much. It'll be interesting to see when they just got people out there. Yeah, yeah. They got a, they got a lot of work to do. I know. A year comes up quick when they're doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, John, speaking of work to do, the Golden State Warriors are now even two games apiece. That was a, Monday was a good day, by the way. We hope you guys had a good week. This golf plus the Warrior game was a good week. Good story to start the week, Middlecoff. Uh, I got home rise the second half. You, the other game was going. It was pretty good, too. Was Giannis good. was dominating. What did you think of game four? Uh, I don't know. Like, when we talked about after game three, I didn't feel great. I still feel good about the Warriors, generally speaking, but I didn't feel great about the way they play game four. And, um, man, like they, they, we can talk about a million aspects of this, but they, we get in these situations now where it's like, it's going to be a 13 point game and you know, they're going to make a run. You always know there's going to be a run when there's three minutes left in the third and it's a 13 point game or whatever. But it's just, it's these late runs are killing me. I, I, I thought that James was spectacular. You know when you first kind of learn to dribble a basketball, when you start playing like seven, eight, like legitimately start playing with other kids, and you can dribble between your legs, and you can get good at it, and you know how he's a master now, how like he can shoot it between his legs like seven times, and at any moment he can go left or right, and there's nothing you can do to stay in front of him, like he's going by you. I, he's incredible, and Kevin had a stretch down the in the fourth quarter where it looked like you were going, look like Michael Jordan, where he hit a couple like kind of fadeaways, you know, just those dagger two pointers. And then James came right back. There was a moment in the game and I'm not the biggest Reggie Miller guy, but even Reggie's like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kevin's on him. And you could tell Kevin had a, had an old school moment. Like, fuck it. I got him, you know? And he hit, he drove on Kevin, got about 10 feet from the basket. And Kevin went up like he was going to go up with a floater. And then he steps back, and Kevin jumps. And think how tall Kevin is, and he hits the J in front of his eye. It was like, Jesus Christ. I just, the more I watch Guy, the more I hate CP3, and the more I kind of like James, just because he's so good. Well, he's just so indefensible right now, right? I mean, like, the the step back, sidestep jumper, and he can vary how far he goes. So you think you've got his distance timed, but then he doesn't go as far and you jump right into him. Because like, he, he jumps at an angle. 
Clay is such a good defender, and like Clay jumped into him, and you could tell he's mad, just like how, why do I, how do I do it? That's how you know it's is harder than it even looks, and it looks hard as hell. But you're just watching him going, what, what is he gonna? There were a couple times where Reggie's like, he's gonna, he's gonna go by Looney. I'm like, let, like, fine, let him go by you because he's gonna hit this three. At least you'll have some help if he goes by you. Did you think early in the game when Kevin? bumped him on the head and it kind of looked like it hurt him like he was out for the I was like oh my I the one way I don't want this to end is any of these players going out and even James said did you watch after the game when forget who it was Dennis Scott whoever the sideline person was and James was like there are a lot of good players in this game <laughs> you know like there are just a lot of dudes just because even the three or four high level dudes you got Kevin and and Steph and Steph looked a lot better and you got James. To me, clearly their best, second best player from a scoring standpoint is Eric Gordon, who's been pretty damn good in the series. Like I, when Eric Gordon gets the ball, I feel like he's going to score. I know. I'm, I'm looking. He went two of twelve. It's crazy. It didn't feel like it, did it? Does it also feel that every time the Rockets take a corner three, that it's going to go in? And obviously, they took more corner threes than any team in the NBA. Even Charles, after the game, he's like, the craziest thing about the NBA is that the Warriors that have the two best three-point shooters ever and then just one of the best shooters ever in Kevin, they weren't even in the top five in three-pointers. Like, seven teams shot more three-pointers than them. Usually you would think, like, in my day when I played, if you have the best of something, you're going to either lead the league or be right there. Yeah. But he's like, they got the three best, and they don't even fucking sniff the lead. I know it's kind of skewed with them though, just because the way they play the regular season. But I know it's it's I don't I I don't think it's that. But also, skewed. I, I, think I don't think true. that they truly don't like those guys shoot a lot of threes because they're really good three point shooters. The Warriors don't just like it's not one hundred percent of their game. Like the Rockets, that's their game, right? They're shooting just how many three point shooters that they shot fifty threes last night. Yeah, that's how seventeen more the Warriors? than the Warriors. Warriors had thirty three three point attempts in the two games that they've lost or the last two games. They have 13 more three-pointers made. I'm not a math major, but I did it on my calculator last night, and it was that's a difference of 39 points. And what's crazy is one game went in OT, and the Warriors quit, and they lost by five. And this game, they lost by four. Think about that. So they hit. I, I know. I keep I keep thinking about it. Like they're right there, but it's like, well, then just be there the whole game, four quarters. Just keep it up. I thought the the it felt like the Rockets got to every 50-50 ball. And even though they didn't really hit shots in the second half or in the fourth quarter, Houston only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. You think if the Rockets were to beat the Warriors, they would be the heavy favorites against anyone they'd play in the East? I don't know if they'd be heavy favorites against the Bucs. But would you would you think they would beat the Bucs? Yeah, I would think they'd beat the Bucs, but I'd give the Bucs a chance. I would too. But they should beat them just because they're – like, the one thing the Warriors have working for them and the Rockets have working for them against the Warriors is once you've played back-to-back -back series, and now James has played Steph and Clay, you know, how many times they played in the playoffs now? They played the one time in the conference finals. They played again when they were the eighth seed. So James has just played this team a lot, and obviously Chris has, and same with P.J. Tucker. Like, they do have a lot of guys that have played the Warriors, right? A lot. So they are just pretty comfortable with this team. Yeah, they played a lot, you know, three or four times the regular season the last several years. It's just they're kind of used to each other now. And they do truly believe, right? When you watch the Rockets, based off they're last equals. year, they believe they can beat them. Yeah, 
They do. Like they and don't look at the Warriors like they're any different than the Rock. They just think that we both belong here. Let the best man win. I do, and we've been talking about Kevin being the best player in the world. I do. If you had to say like, I do think Steph being at his best gives them just is more likely to guarantee a win than Kevin being at his very best. Like if you said one of them's at their best, which one guarantees a win more likely to win? I think it's Steph. Do you think Steph's an all-time showboat? <laughs> showboat kind of insinuates that, does that insinuate a little that you're, it's not substance, like everything he does is based off the substance of his game. But I do watch a lot of other guys, like when they hit sweet shots, they just run to the other end of the court. Like he, he always does something which I think pisses off the other guys. Whether there was the one three hit yesterday where he put the hands up. Did now, they call a timeout after that play? I feel like a lot of his. I feel like he leads the league in timeouts that come right after he makes a shot. Opponent I, timeouts after a shot's made. I do think there's a part of him that's him doing time. it, not necessarily to show up the other team, but to show up the refs because I think he thinks he gets fucked on calls. There yeah. was a one and one that was pretty obvious. They didn't get the call down the stretch. Yeah. Where he got hit and he laid it up. Right. To me, he's at his best. Like, he went 4-14, but to me, the three-point percentage is not as uh, whatever. It's his game is unstoppable when he is driving. That's what makes James and Kevin so dominant, right? You never know if they're going to do step-back threes in your face or right. dunk or lay it up on right. you. Right. And it just keeps you on your toes as a boxer. Like, sometimes Steph can get one-dimensional, but last night you felt like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And he was kind of feeling himself. Yeah. Little he, floaters, was, little layups. And he, was, and he was assisting. Yeah, to me, like, last night, because I still think there's this narrative that people just don't like him. He's so he's overrated. He doesn't do anything in the playoffs. Like, he has, like, 30-8, and eight, and no one wants to give him any credit. Like, that is a playoff game on the road against the second-best team in the league. He gets 30-8. and eight. It was like, he's just not that good. No, Clay wasn't very good. Like Steph, thirty and eight in a playoff game on the road against another elite team is a is a very functional game for an elite player, right? What's your solution when? Yes, first of all, good point. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your solution when Clay's not good? Don't shoot. See, like, my what's... solution's the opposite. Keep Clay, just keep shooting. Shoot no, your way I mean, out of I, this. Six threes. I, like... I, I I thought last night, like especially as the game got close. You have to have some feel, and if you're wide open and the and the game just comes to you, but when he forces threes, because he's king of no one in the history of the NBA, not even James, because James constantly works the ball, and and this is probably, would you imagine their game plan? And this is what everyone seems that covers the NBA, milk the clock every single possession to slow down the game, because the faster the game goes, it's going to benefit those guys running and gunning were the, their game plan, slow it up, muck it up. We'll kind of out physical them. But to me, clay, the three pointers with like 20 seconds on the three, on the shot clock, when you're not playing well and the other guys are hot. I, I, I just, I thought he kind of fucked them last night by just taking ill-advised. Yeah, I'm not saying but, take bad shots. I'm just saying, I think he needs, I'm not saying pass if you're wide open. I'm just saying, don't force these threes because unlike Kyrie, for example, and this is where I think while I'll defend Clay, in basketball, this is not football. You don't play offense or defense. You play both. Kyrie gets roasted. I mean, a lot of max players, like, that's the one thing defensive Chris. Chris is no longer a, a top-end offensive guy, but he still plays good defense. He still he brings other shit to the table. And Clay brings a lot of other shit to the table because he's playing fucking defense. So just do other things, Clay. Try to rebound. Just do other do something else. Do the little things. 
when your shot's not off, that's probably my biggest knock on him is just he can only kind of – he just gets in this rut where I got to shoot my way out of it, shoot my way out of it. Last night's not a shoot your way out of it game when the other guys are just – ride Steph and Kevin and you do the little shit. Because you're yeah, already I, little shit on defense. I, just I, 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 look, I'm, I'm with you to the degree that I'm never a proponent of taking bad shots, but I do think it's tough for him some of these possessions where it's like Steph or KD and Clay is just – we'll get to Stephen A in a minute, but – kind of there for the scraps i thought draymond did a great job of cut like draymond was how many draymond had like two fast break layups off inbounds it was fantastic he was i when he said he lost when marcus brother thing about 23 pounds you really feel in this series he is hauling ass late in games he's fucking flying by guards you're like this guy's on a goddamn mission yeah he looks incredible he's him and pj tucker on a goddamn mission to win pj tucker i love pj tucker spent like eight years in germany so i love like playing pro ball. So I love PJ Tucker. Yeah. He, he's a badass. I, I, I like PJ Tucker too. I, I just think with Kevin or excuse me, clay, because a huge part of the game, right? He's chasing around James or just run around with these guys. He's got to be exhausted on defense. Yeah. Like Steph sometimes gets to sit just out with a three pointer. Like he, it always feels like clay's running around. That's what speaks. Like, I don't know how Draymond has so much goddamn energy running around. It's, it's incredible. Or PJ Tucker trying to guard like Kevin, but you got to be exhausted. But clearly for Clay, because he tru- those guys don't like PJ Tucker doesn't truly need his legs. He's only going to shoot, you know, a small number of shots. Like they do, kind of depend on Clay. They clearly win his leg. Like he's got to be exhausted. And the shot, it's shots aren't even close, guy. Like you can tell, like, that ain't it. You, know, you can tell by his react. He's not. You know, he needs to get back in the ocean, right? He doesn't. You can tell by the way he's reacting. He's frustrated, which I understand. Getting the crumbs. Getting the crumbs. Let's get to Stephen A. Smith, who said that. Basically, he said that Clay is. He said, "Now I didn't. Now he did say I didn't talk to Clay, but that Clay's not going to be cool when Kevin leaves, not being the second option." This is Stephen A. That Clay can't be Crumbs guy for long, and we always look at Clay, and I think we've talked about this with Draymond too. Like no matter how easy going a guy is, um. No matter how easy he got to go is, you can't just ignore, just assume like we don't have to take care of him because he'll just take care of himself, right? We got to do something to make sure that he's happy. And Stephen A. basically saying, don't assume that like Clay is just going to take care of himself. You got to make sure Clay's happy. Well, to me, there's not much ways to make him feel happy in the series because you got to do whatever you have no, to do. No, to no, no, yeah. I, I I just wonder, you know, I think my big takeaway, and we you always know this, but you. You kind of forget because the regular season, I, I say it all the time on Twitter, and it, I've never, I believe this more to my core than you'll never be able to convince me otherwise. One has never meant less, and two guys have never truly tried less. And a lot of it is, I'm not saying guys in the 90s, they didn't pick and choose their spots, but they at least played games. Now, you know, if you looked at the top 20 players in the NBA, I bet the average of 15 to 20 games off during the season, some of those are injuries, and a lot of them aren't. And, I, you know, to me, the big thing is that you've seen with Clay Thompson that in the in the playoffs is there are two different types of max players. There's probably five or six true, true max guys, right, that are max alphas. One's not even in the playoffs, LeBron. You have Steph, Kevin, James, Giannis. I mean, Dame's probably on the fence. Jokic maybe be there one day. I wouldn't oh, even go Max alpha? Max Alpha to get to get you to like, 
I'd say can carry you to the conference finals and then give you a chance from there. Okay. Like Ky- Kyrie's proven that like when he faces another Max Alpha, what I what I've seen Giannis do to him the last two games, when you just look at two alphas on the same court, two max alphas on the same court, one guy's in a different planet. And it is harder for smaller guys. Like Ka- oh, Kawhi left out too. He's a max alpha. There are then like to me, Kyrie, Clay, Draymond's kind of unique, but I don't even know where to put him. But he's going to get paid. But let's just use Kyrie and Clay. Like those guys have proven they can be the number two on a championship team and be the max second max, right? But they can't be like Clay could never be the max alpha. But as long as you have, even if Kevin leaves, you still got Steph. He's your max alpha. Well, then Clay's your max beta. But in wherever Clay would go, like one of the things I think Stephen A. alluded to, like the Clippers. Well, if they got Kawhi and Clay, it'd be like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. Now the thing the Warriors have over any other team that could max them out would be that they can just pay them more money. And I just hope because they didn't do like they didn't get into it with Steph, but it I don't think it was seamless. Then just it ultimately happened when it had to happen. You got the two hundred million dollars. Is Clay one hundred percent at twelve midnight? Gonna get the two hundred million dollars, or whatever his max is. I think it's like one ninety. Yeah. Because he's like, where is? I would think, but I could see if you're Lake up, like, are we sure? And then if that even plays itself out, because the one thing Clay has, like Kyrie would have, or because any max beta, you know, the Clays, the Kyries, the what Chris a couple years ago that was clear he probably wasn't the A guy, but they they would have eight teams lined up ready to max them out. So it's not like Clay wouldn't have places to go. I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm still in the camp. I think 100% Clay's going to be back at the max, but it wouldn't totally shock me if they're like, yeah, we'd love to pay him 150 and give ourselves, you know, an extra five or 6 million to play with each year of, you know, as Kevin leaves moving forward, just extra to kind of sign some guys. He's like, fuck you. I'm not. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't take a penny less if I was him from Joe Lacob. Not a penny less. Yeah, and I'm not sure that he would be as opposed to that as you would be. Um, but I do think as you think there's a You think there's a chance that he would take less money? I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think just he's Clay. I don't know what he's thinking. I, I can't pretend. That's, all, that's my point. It's like I'm just not going to say that I know that he absolutely wouldn't if there's a good reason for it. Um, cause we've seen other guys on this team do it. Um, but I think, I don't think you can argue the Kevin Durant era has been wildly su- as successful as it could be to this point. We'll see if they won a championship this year, but I also don't think, I think back to the conversations we had when he did, when he signed, I do think it has inhibited the production of Steph and clay to a point now. Okay. You sacrificed to win titles, so maybe it's worth it. Um, but I do think Clay has more to give than he's given just because there's only one ball. Like, there is a ceiling on how good your team can be to a point, which is why, you know, you're always trying to share the ball. But I do think there's just a ceiling when you're playing with two all-time greats, all-time great scorers. And that's one, and one, and one of, And one of them is, you know, beside Michael and Kobe, probably the third best isolation scorer ever. Yeah. Just, I mean, you, you, when it's all said and done, is there a chance that he's the – I've had a couple moments where I go, this guy looks like a seven-foot Michael Jordan guy. Right. Like, is but, this guy better? Is he a better player than Kobe? I know LA Laker fans would be like, Middlecoff, you fucking hater. Uh, when, it's yeah. all said, 
when it's yeah. all said when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yes. And I think even Kobe fans would say, I mean, he's incredible. Like he's going to be in the conversation. That's how good he is. But he's an isolation scorer. Um. Who's who's? I'm I'm not taking anything. Like Kevin's adapted well into this whole thing. You know, it's like he's done as well as he possibly can for his skill set in this group. Yeah, I think they all have. Yeah, they've done. But it's just a think, limitation. But Clay hasn't changed, right? He just gets less kickouts to him because the other 35 shooting. Like, he's standing there ready to fire. It's just the ball doesn't always find him. Like, if Steph gets double teamed back in the day, it would work its way out because if Steph passed to Draymond, Draymond's looking for 11. Like, it just – again, the black hole makes it sound like a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because I would ride Kevin over Clay any day of the week. He's a superior player. It's the right move. Because I even had the thought, and this is where playoff basketball always turns into. So I, I don't know if Clay was a little mad. Like at the end of the day, Clay, like he's the better player. We got to ride. We're trying to win the game. So you, sometimes to me, you got to just ride your. Yeah, horse. but I think that goes back to the argument of like, what's better? Like, are you more likely to win a game when Kevin goes for forty-one and Clay goes for fifteen, or when Kevin goes for thirty-two and but Clay I, goes I think, for? 20? I think he would. I would think he would argue like last night was, which is less points. Kevin didn't have 45. He had 34, and it was an impactful 34. He went 12 of 22. Steph 12 of 25. The Clay 5 of 15. And it really felt like there were eight or nine of those shots that didn't even have a chance. They killed him. Yeah, my point. We can break it down. However, I'm just saying Kevin isolation. Even if it's a volume, a huge number. I don't know if that's always the best recipe to win the game. Now, sometimes you just need it, and he just bails you out. Like he does that a lot, right? Where he's just taking shots that are indefensible. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I texted our buddy Dickinson, who was in Houston, and I said, when you see Woj say seismic changes, this was even before Stephen A. said anything today or this morning, I said, well, everyone I think acknowledges and everyone assumes Kevin's going to leave. So to me, that's not a seismic change. That's kind of the inevitable, right? I, I said, do you think, was that Bob leaving? And he's like, yeah. He, he just thought that like the wording was kind of, kind of BS. Like it was just... It, it was a little like Matt Miller's report. Like, what do you mean? You know? To me, because, like, at least Stephen A. was specific. He's like, they better be careful about Clay. So then I go, because you see Wardle's World tweeted a picture of Bob and Steve walking in the arena last night in sweats. Like, they love each other. I, the more I think about it, like, Bob, why would you want to leave working with that guy? So to me, when I see seismic changes and then I see Stephen A., I go, are they 100% sure that this guy is just in the boat? Like, is there a chance, guy? And this is hard because we don't know him that well, and he's always said the other, like, he loves it here. He never wants to leave. His dad even told him, you'd be a nut job to leave here. Like, his NBA father that works for the Lakers has been outspoken about how he tells him, you got the greatest thing going that you're in basketball heaven as a guy that's won championships for the fucking Lakers with Magic Johnson. So you, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around. But the way Stephen A, Stephen A just didn't do it some hot take. He kind of had some validity, like, because he, he kind of is getting the crumbs. So I don't know. I, I, that would be a problem <laughs> if, if he left. Yeah, but I mean, if Kevin's gone, I don't see how Clay is still getting crumbs. Well, no, but that's a different part. Not, not the crumbs. I'm just saying, like, is there a chance... That if Kevin bounces and they don't give him the full max, he's like, you know what? This lack of respect, I'm gone. Like I, that, that to me, I never even crossed my mind for the first time I kind of did. Gotcha. Now, Does that even, 
Like, would you be? You I'd would be, be shocked, I'd be shocked right? if, Clay's if you not read a Clay Thompson is signed with the L.A. Clippers. Yes, I would be stunned. I would be too. But I do think my, my I guess my overall point here is you have to admit that there is a small possibility that he's not on the Warriors next year, right? I would put that number pretty slow, but it's still there. Where I thought it was basically zero before I even started thinking about it. Yeah, the scenario where you go, uh, we need another, we need somebody who's closer to a one than a two. Let's let's hold. Yeah. Let, we're not going to win a title this year. Let's let's hold out for Giannis. Well, so part yeah, part of it would not just be Clay. It would be like you know. Of your 192 or whatever the number is that we can fully pay you, we'll give you 160. That's still more than the Clippers or whoever could give you. And Clay, like, he should in that position, goes, well, fuck you, and signs with the Clippers for 4 140. But should, you, when they, know, should you take less money to sign with the Clippers? Like, should you? Well, no, no, but they give you the full max. So your year, your year average would be more. Well, I know, but and, it's like and but you're, you. you're still signing with the Cl- like. Now maybe yeah, you go like Clippers are on the like, com. I get all that, but but I'm saying like they're like Kawhi's going. You're going to be our number two, and this is you're going to be Kawhi's your Kawhi's on the way. Like to me, for him yeah, to leave, the Warriors would have to play. It takes a part more in. than signing out of spite to me to become a Clipper. Well, who else would he? He's not signing with the Lakers. To me, no, that. No, but my point is like if you're leaving out of like if you're signing with the Clippers out of spite, like I'd be. Like well, to me, the, 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 but again, the out of spite is, guy. I think if they don't offer him the full max, he will leave, and I think he should because that would be a huge level of disrespect. Slash, but that's I, but you're that's an all or nothing proposition. Like I don't know what the circumstance is there, right? In the same way that Draymond took less money than he could have the first yeah, time. Yeah, but remember they were like he didn't have an offer for ninety. Yeah, but he, my point is just like I, I don't think it can be that black and white. I think it comes down to always that when it comes to this level and this, it's like time to get paid of this huge deal for a basketball player, especially when he just saw his teammate last year. Now, granted, he's accomplished more, but had taken an under market value and then got $200 million. Right. So he just thinks it's my turn now. I just think that's how these guys think it's my turn. Yeah, no, he should think that way. I'm just saying like not getting the max at midnight is not a reason to become a clipper in and of itself. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, my point is, if the Warriors risk that by thinking big picture, there I, I would say that goes from five percent. If you told me right now the Warriors offer them way less than the max, when I say way less, I mean we're still talking 165 million dollars. When he could get 190, I would say the chances of him leaving then would go to 50-50 in my mind. If you told me they offer, yeah, one, no, no, what? I don't think you can just roll roll up a soft offer and expect them to come. Yeah, I guess my point is, if the Warriors have the full max on the table, I what you go Middlecoff, What do you think the chances are Clay signs? I'd go ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, I'd go hundred. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm going as close to yeah hundred as possible. I'd go right. full so, one hundred on that one. Okay, but if I told you they offered them. 155 with a couple side pitches. I'd go, well, you're risk. You have a yeah, major risk. I'm with you. By the way, I was. That's, that's, I guess my point. Like, if it's like, hey, listen, 155, no more crumbs for you, but we're going to try to get, yeah, I don't even know, the Malcolm Brogdon or, you know, do this. And we're going to, our team's going to be better. I'd be like, that's a pretty risky move. That, that's my ultimate point. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's, that's I think, all Stephen that's A reasonable. was saying. Yeah, that's I reasonable. thought Stephen A gave a very reasonable take. 
Uh, I heard Scalabrini talking about Giannis this morning on NBA radio. Yeah. And he was saying, because Giannis, because they're talking about like where Giannis got drafted. He went 15th overall. And they were going through the list of guys that went ahead of Giannis. Good Anthony, list. Anthony, but no. Awful. John, a horrible list. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo. Okay. Otto Porter. This is not, I know this, this is not Hinky's best pick. No. Picks. Uh, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Trey Burke, uh, CJ McCollum. This is, this is Michael Carter Williams. I said Pixa. I guess it's not Pixa. He ended up with Nerlens later. Steven Adams, Kelly Olinick, Shabazz Muhammad, Giannis. And the story he was telling was I guess Danny Ainge went before the draft and watched Giannis play in whatever Serie B, whatever league he was in. And so I was like, yeah, I like him, but, you know, I wouldn't, I, you know. And, uh, and passed on him. That's or I guess they pass. actually had the next pick, but whatever the point was that he didn't like, he just wasn't going to, he yeah. wouldn't have taken him. And then he walks into the summer league gym. There's like right at tip off of Giannis's first game. They go like up and down the court once. And Danny Ainge says to himself, Oh my God, like I just made the biggest mistake of my career. Not going and getting this guy. How would he have got? He would have had a trade up to get. Probably would have had a trade up, but like but the it was story clear was, the I NBA, think the NBA didn't love him, right? Didn't well, I think there was a trade before. So Dallas took Olenek. Like Dallas's thing, Scalabrini was saying was like they liked Giannis, but they were committed to their plan, which was keep cap space for Dwight Howard, and for whatever reason they did some things that had nothing to do with Giannis, and like I don't know how that equates to passing on Giannis, but the point is like. They actually liked them, but passed because I, I couldn't even tell you. Or, or maybe that's what it was. It was Dallas and Olenek. That was the Boston deal. That's what well, it was. To me, my, my so big Dallas, thing was... So, so Boston, what, well, they went up ahead. Olenek drafted by Dallas for the Celtics. And they basically traded. And traded it. So Dallas was like, nah, we, we just don't... We want to, I guess, not spend on a first-round pick. Well, to, to me, the killer there guy is... Hinky's whole deal was I'm to every pick I have I'm swinging for the fucking fence right I'm trying to just I want to accumulate all these picks so hopefully I just hit a couple home runs I'll strike out sometimes imagine not even taking a swing on that because that's the ultimate home run pick you got this guy 6'11 that can run like a deer now clearly he's improved a lot but guy the, the human that I have watched I'm gonna be honest I watched maybe two bucks all games all year long now I did play him in fantasy a lot so I knew his numbers were stupid I knew, but I just wasn't actually. It's different when you just see, yeah, you got 35, 20, and 17. Like, God, that's an unreal box score. And then you, but when you watch it, you go, holy fuck. Did you see last night? I mean, he's like, he was the best player on a court. Like, I don't even, I don't even know who, there shouldn't even be a second best player on the court. Like, he, he's that far ahead of everyone else. He can't even really shoot yet, guy. He's like Shaq. He's like if Shaq had been a wing player. It's just, it's incredible to watch. I don't even think I've ever seen anything quite like it. I know. I'm, and then he's, and he's kind of a dick. Like, he'll dunk on your ass and kind of stare you down. He's a badass. He's awesome. He is awesome. I don't You're think he's right. leaving Milwaukee. I don't think he can totally be discounted and not just win a championship. Like, if they, it'd be harder against the Warriors because the Warriors got more, but just the Rockets. I, yeah, you're right. I, I do think they could win the championship. Yeah. <laughs> He is. Jesus Christ. 
All right, we were uh, we were just coming off the range yesterday, or maybe somewhere in that range. Maybe it was early when uh, Cam Inman turned us. He was playing the group in front of us and said, "Any big news?" He said, "Yep." Raiders met with Richie Incognito, John. He did leave the building without a uh, without a deal. Um, and I'd kind of ra- I'll be honest, Richie'd been off my radar. I don't know if he was off the NSA's, NSA's radar, but he'd been off my radar. Uh, remember the time he like yelled at a guy at a gym or chased a guy at a gym because he said he had NSA documents. Um, then there was the time he pointed a gun at somebody at a funeral home recently. You had a lot of issues, man. Uh, what are the Raiders messing with Richie Incognito for? What I don't understand is I think everyone can understand you taking this kind of a crazy flyer on Antonio Brown, even though the league was unsure. I, I get it from the Raiders' standpoint. He's a elite player in the peak of his powers right now. I, I We all acknowledge, like, yeah, it's kind of Raiders' move, but we get it. Then the Vontez thing happened. You're like, huh, you guys serious? Like, I, I didn't love that. But I it's if you justify it, well, Paul Gunther coached him, right? Paul Gunther was the linebacker coach and then the coordinator. So there is – there was a – connection there then you draft their entire draft was like academic all-american three-time captain uh ncaa champions it was just god these guys i watched the press conference of cleland josh jacobs and jonathan abram and it was just an impressive group jacobs didn't talk that much but when cleland talked you go okay i get it i I get why you can fall in love with the person and abram was really really impressive like he just kind of had a little presence to him I'm like, I get I get it. Mm-hmm. Then the Hunter Renfro's, you just, they're draft. It was, they had that, they just swung for the high character fences. And then, I don't know, when was the draft? A week ago? You bring in a guy that'd been, it'd be one thing to me if Richie was 29 and it just had a bad breakup with like the Patriots just let him hit free agency and people were kind of unsure on it. I'd be like, ah, I, I get it. He'd been out of football for a year and he's 35 years old. And he will, guy, he'll be 36 in July. He's been out of football and he'll be 36. Like, I, that's one where how many teams in the NFL would even bring him in for a visit? Less than five? The, 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 Has the, anyone the, else can, done it? No. So less than five is more than accurate. But I'm going like you could even – the agent could convince, like, could you do me this favor for this? Like, the majority of them would is be the like, agent listen. Do, is, are agents calling in favors for Richie Incognito? Well, I mean, he has, he has made him a lot of money. Like, he's been a – he's a – how many times pro bowler? He's been a four-time pro bowler. So he's made a lot of cash for the guy. I'm just saying, like, I've seen it firsthand for way shittier players. Okay. You just do scratch my back, I scratch your back. So I give you the benefit of the doubt. But I think the – my point is – of 32 NFL teams, you're right. 28-29 decision makers would be like, listen, I'll get you on the other side. I'll get you on something else. But I, I, I'm i not having this. Like, this isn't going to be the story for me today. Give me uh, give me a couple of your tryout guys or something. Like, I, I'm not doing this. And I think you could argue that in the last 20 years, like, Al Davis and Gruden might have been the only guys to do this. This guy. Who are his agents? Remember last year, uh, he fired his agents on Twitter. At Athletes First. You are fired. (laughs) I wish you guys nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you for all your help and the guidance along the way. It's time for me to go in a new direction. Peace emoji. Maybe he's representing himself, Richard Sherman style. I don't know. I 
He didn't make the Pro Bowl in 2017. Good player, John. But he was a no guy. He was a really good player. But I'm just like to your. You made this point, not me. But the dra- like the players they drafted and this don't. These two things are not compatible. Valuing right. that quality in all in your entire draft, but then bringing in Richie Incognito. I think it's really fair to say that Gruden does not value character at all, which I don't totally blame him. But I think Mayock that does mean a lot to him when you factor in team building. So I, I do think their philosophies are just completely opposite. If you told me this was Mike Mayock's idea, I'd fall out of my chair. Who's who's pushing for this? Tom Cable or John Gruden? And probably more Gruden than I. This guy, he's he was more of a power offensive lineman like uh, Mike Upati than he was a zone scheme guy. Now, granted, the Raiders do kind of both. I don't know. I just. In the interest of uh, two sides to every story, John, Eric Wood, former Bill Center. I think he announced a pick at the uh, he did. draft. Richie High Incognito, character, great guy. Yeah. Uh, Richie Incognito tweeted, Richie Incognito has more left in the tank and is ready to get back in the league. Love that the Raiders are bringing him in for a workout today. To me, it's not like I'm sure Richie's got friends like in the league. It's that his last incident which was I saw some people that like fall like diehard Raider people yesterday were like I don't know about this one had been he went either a gym or a or a restaurant or something he was going to shoot up the place cops were called he kind of yeah, denied it, was a fu- it it was a funeral home a funeral home but he did have the weapons in the trunk it was yeah. like uh well, apparently he this, had I think he had one gun in his hand while he was inside and was this guy his father had just died oh that okay like so a week he was, previous I think the biggest issue with him is clearly when he gets a little emotionally unstable, anything's on the table, right? Like when he gets whatever he's, I think it's safe to say he battles something, depression, bipolar, whatever it is. When he's fine, he's fine, and he can make Pro Bowls, and it feels like he makes friends like Eric Wood. When it's not fine, because would you agree the Raiders can't afford to be like, oh my God, something happened with Richie Incognito in Alameda. Right. Well, he just slant. He just he just beat up a dude at In and Out. Well, hold on now. Why can't they afford that? When I say can't afford, I just mean like, why is that even? Why would you even want to risk? Well, I I agree, but maybe the reason you would want to risk it is if he can be one of your five best offensive linemen, and you don't care if he punches a guy in and out. I'm not trying to make light of whatever, but I'm no again. but I'm just saying, I, I, like, maybe they look at it like, no, if something happens, then something happens. And I, I believe, and I, I'm with you on that, and you've always said it, he beats a guy up and in and out, and they've signed him. What does that even mean? Like, are any less people going to the game and watching the game? No, I, I, I'm not disputing that, so you're right. Can't afford to have, what does that even, that doesn't mean anything. Yes, every team can afford to have anything bad happen, and it's proven that the NFL will quadruple ratings from all the other sports. I'm not denying that. I'm not media naive to that you know that's a classic this this is not acceptable what does that mean i'm with you yeah but like why why hold people accountable what's the point of it let's hold nfl teams accountable to to me it just goes to your message walk out everybody if you're cleveland farrell you're like what are we doing here it's more stuff like that like if you're Derek, like what what are we trying come on guys sign it just just claim a guard at this cut down day. Well, here's what it comes down to, right? Is how much better than the next guy is he? That's like you said. If he was 28, if he was 
How much better is he? Is he a pro bowler? If he's a pro bowler, then it might be worth it. If he's it a pro bowler, then it is worth it. Well, it is kind of nuts that after his pro bowl season in 2017, he was out of the league in 2018. And I think a lot of that had to do with shit was going on off the field. Because... Yeah, he had the NSA incident. Yeah, so on April 13, 2018, Incognito announced he had a change of heart and would show up to off-season workouts for the Buffalo Bills April 16, 2008. He failed to arrive for the workouts. So that's the thing. He's he's as he's a, might be the least dependable guy in the league. Like yeah. at any moment, he could just be like, "I'm quitting. I retired." Or at any moment, he would get arrested for the craziest story you'll read on the internet that day. Or at any moment, he can just. Win you a game by road grading the defensive tackle. That's, he's an all-time, just you have no clue what's coming. So he failed to arrive at workouts. The Bills continued to list him as retired. He indicated they refused to play for the Bills and demanded that he be released from his contract. The Bills responded that he would have to contact the commissioner if he wanted to remove the retired list. On May 21, 2018, the Bills officially released Incognito, making him so ever since that crazy incident last year, coming off a Pro Bowl season guy in the middle of May. He has been a street free agent and no one has fucked with him. That's pretty nuts, right? A guy coming off a Pro Bowl season at offensive guard when the guards are shitty in the NFL. The entire league's like, yeah, not messing with that. Yeah. That's in a league that, like you said, has proven that they realize that it doesn't matter. It Because it doesn't. This guy hasn't been signed. Speaking of uh, outperforming your controversy, Richard Sherman on Nick Bosa. Nailed it. Uh, said this about Nick Bosa and uh, his uh, youth uh, youth tweets of his youth via our friend Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. Uh, it's not like it's something where guys like, hey man, what about what you said? No, no. If he can play, he can play. If he can't play, he won't be here. But at the end of the day, all that matters in football, that's all that matters in football. Is he getting sacks on Sunday? Is he helping our team? Is he being a good teammate? Those are the things that matter. Now, if he's a bad teammate, that's something we'll address. And then he goes on and on and says more about one thing about football. Nobody cares what you say if you can play. At the end of the day, I think a guy that has played with African-Americans his whole life, not saying he can't be racist, but they know how to maneuver around African-Americans. When you're at Ohio State, it's not like Ohio State's an all-white school. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think at the end of the day, your beliefs are your beliefs. But when you're in the building, you're a football player, you're a teammate, you can handle yourself accordingly, and I think he understands that. Great, great, uh, I mean, great quote from Richard Sherman. That's a, that's a pretty well thought out answer. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I've thought that from the beginning. I, I thought his, the Trump stuff was his overblown and classic media kind of out of touch with the way the actual fans think because the fans don't care. And two, the majority of the fans aren't political. It's been proven by studies. That Twitter is extremely political and leans left. That most people don't, uh, and they, they're just moderate. Most people are in the middle. That's just the reality of life. And most people don't spend most days thinking about politics. I like politics, yet I don't watch any political TV or anything. I, I can't take it. And this notion that this was the worst place to come because, of course, Ann Killian would be drilling them at some fucking question about, uh, and what's his name? I like Jim Trotter, but he was there too, blasting them about the deal. And to me, there are two separate instances. There's the Donald Trump things that only the media cares about because they lean extreme left. And then there was the racist stuff that he had liked pictures was people hashtagging the N-word that were white people, which to me, that's an issue. I, I mean, that's something to talk about for sure if you're John Lynch or whatever. 
But my biggest issue, and I think Richard Sherman hits on this, well, clearly, like, it's not like this guy's coming from some all-white school. Like, he's getting along with black people every day playing football at Ohio State, one. And two, like, when you go down the rabbit hole of finding something, like, I think the picture that liked, again, I don't have all the facts here, but I know that a couple of them on Instagram were from, like, when he was 14, 15 years old. And when you get people now that are 21 coming out of college, they've been on social media for a long time. I put zero, and I repeat, zero stock onto anything you do on social media from 14, 15, 16. I, I don't care. It doesn't bother. And I think if the people that look into find those things to people are losers. Uh, yeah, I think treating something that you did when you're 14 like you were 24 or 34 is nonsensical. Well, I think that those people that find it, I guess, when I call them losers, they treat it like it's that guy's thoughts now. And that's where I, that's my take, why I call that guy a loser. Yeah, because like, I, think I don't, they, do people who track it down, do they really think they're uncovering who a person is, or is it just something that they know will be a story? I don't know. I don't um, know either. I don't think it was a non-story. I don't think it was a story because he came to, air quotes, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Bay Area, and the Bay Area is... Uh, is it well in California in general, but I think it was the largest part. The reason it was a story to me is like he was, he was coming to ground zero of Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick was one of the biggest sports stories for several years in this country. And obviously uh, Donald Trump is, <laughs> I think we know where the, like the battle lines are. He's on the other side. He said as much. And then I think he, he kind of used Bosa, maybe some people, uh, use Colin as a prop. I think he kind of used Bosa as a prop. Well, the media used Colin as a prop for sure. Well, not just the media, John. This isn't just about media. Um, no, is, no, I know, this but this become that, that's but that's who that's who Bosa has to answer to. He doesn't answer the fans. Yeah, no, but I just think whether he has to do it in a press conference or not, I think this is a story outside of media. The president tweeted about him, so like, well, you, and you know why he tweeted about him because yeah. they told the president that he liked him. Yeah. So, but, but I also think he knew it would rile people up. Like, I think the NFL has become a subject for him. Yeah. Um, that, well, they, that they works in his him favor. Entry. That works in his favor. Yeah. So, um, but I, so my point is, I do think it was a, I understand to a degree why it was a story. I mean, Josh Allen, it became a story for him last year. And as he showed, like that story is in the distant past. I mean, what was Josh put, Allen's again? Well, that he had tweeted, I think he had tweeted the N-word in a tweet somewhere along the way in high school, or don't quote me on that, something along those oh, lines. Yeah, but there had been rap, some racial. It was a rap, 15, yeah, maybe 16. that's what it was. Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, now you you kind of know this situation better. These two situations feel pretty different to me than what happened in Philadelphia with Riley Nelson when he was a pro. Cooper, Riley, Riley Cooper. Sorry, not the former BYU quarterback. Um he was a pro in the locker room dropping N-bombs on video at a country music concert. Country music concert makes it look he weird. He screamed the N-word multiple times. It was it was appalling to watch. I don't, like, to me, Bosa, one thing you said about Colin Kaepernick, like the, I, I remember the question that, that Jim Trotter asked him in the press conference. He had called Colin Kaepernick a clown. And I'd go, right, well, like, when did he call him? Emoji. When did he call him that? Because everyone in the Bay Area that covered him for years called him a clown and treated him like a clown. And then when he went, like, is he calling the movement a clown or is he just saying some of his actions? Because I've called him a clown before. I've thought yeah, that I mean, what he Castro and that's why yeah, I get so. I mean, look, that's, man, my, I, that's my point, though, guy. No. That it's like, like, did he call him a clown? Like, because he thinks that what he's fighting for is wrong or because 
did he say that the moment he got caught with the pig socks? You know, I, I, I don't mean, know. Look, I mean, this is what I hate about this. Is he it does always... not have to bow down to these people. No, but don't, it's not about bowing down. It's about you do something. It's fair if you did something for somebody to ask you about it. Period. Like, I, like that's just the bottom line. And I think this always devolves into is he a clown or is he not a clown? You know, it's like I think a lot of people just criticized him where people walking around going, what a clown. In no, terms the, of me- people the that media, covered the, the team. media hated him for a couple. OK, of years. but that that is Hate- not this. John, that is not the same as tweeting. He's a clown. Those are two different things saying I don't like he- a person. I don't respect the way he operates is not the same in a professional setting. And you're expected to journalists now we're talking about media, which is not always the same thing expected to conduct themselves in a journalistic way. So I think the question is like, why did you call him a clown, Nick? And that was the question. And Nick answered the question, I thought, as well as he could answer it. So I think this will be over and dead in a year, let alone well before then. And I think Richard Sherman has answered it. But, you know, like, look, do I love digging into some things you did when you're 14? No. But if it comes up, do do you have an answer for it or not? And I thought his answer was good. I agree, but if it's like, I don't, I don't know the timestamp on it. If he called him a clown, he's like, "Hey, I was 16. I don't even know what that was for." He could, now again, Nick Bosa was. I would have been petty, and I probably would attack, and it would have made it worse. And you would have been recommended to not take the tactic that I kind of wish he would have. He handled it. He was over the top. Like, I need to learn from this, all this stuff. But I think some of it was. I, I thought it was a little over the top. The questioning and like what they were kind of looking for. Just because there's so much identity politics in here because these people sitting in the seats asking the questions despise what they think he kind of stands for. Even though the irony is so many people in football, just like so many athletes, African-American or white, vote Republican because it all gets down to money. And it's just like this area is so fraudulent. I I just think this stuff is just – it's just ridiculous. And it just takes on a life of its own. That's why I keep getting back to the media. that I have never once – since the draft, just seeing people at the gym or downtown, like the Niners come up or the draft, it never comes up, guy. But it comes up with them consistently. It never comes up with anyone I meet, ever. And I, I think politics constantly comes up with the media because they are so extreme. It just does not come up with most people when they're talking about sports. It just doesn't. Now, the Colin Kaepernick, that individual incident, that did. Yeah, that but, was- but again, nobody asked Nick Bosa just out of the blue. Like, it's not like it came up because just people were curious what his political But again, the, the media, but it was old stuff that they had brought up. It wasn't, it was just that simple. No, no we, I, under, I get why it came up, but what I'm saying is I don't think it's an unfair question, particularly when you're coming to play for the team Colin Kaepernick played for. But, but I also think that doesn't publicly represent, supported like, him. yeah, the team did, but I think most, like, the team couldn't wait to get rid of him. One, and most yeah, of the fans thought it was terrible. I mean, I, I just think it's it's compl- a, it's a complex issue. Yes, but I think the way he was asked, like it's very black and white. Like they got rid of him, like he was Brett Favre, the player, and he was beloved. Like, no. eh, well, I don't think most people thought that. But I also I think, think I think but, a lot but, of people. But I also like think I also think if Nick Bosa had tweeted, you know, um, I'm voting for pres- I'm voting for Donald Trump because X Y Z. Like if that was the, I don't think it comes up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it comes up if that, but it's, eh, I don't know. Well, maybe it comes up, but not, it's, it's not this at all. So maybe some media people talk about it, but that's different than, is it a legit, to me, it's not a legitimate question. If he, if that's what the tweet was, I'm voting for president Trump. I think he's going to do great things for this country. Period. I, I, if that's I the just, only thing that had happened, I don't think that's a story, but I do understand why it became the story that it became. And I thought everyone handled it pretty well. I thought obviously Richard I, handled it great. 
Um, yeah, I guess I'm not saying I don't understand why it didn't become a story. I just think it's kind of fraudulent the way it becomes a story and what it truly – like the people asking the question think that everyone's thinking like that, and I just don't think most people give a fuck. I, I really think that. I, I, I really don't. And honestly, I, I know multiple season ticket holders, and they ain't voting Democrat. So this notion that like – Well, that's not, not breaking, well, that's not breaking news. I saw the, the voter numbers. I mean I've seen how it works. So well, I, I, so it's just like, I get it. Yeah, I, I just, but it's not, but I think it becomes so polarizing on social media where the media lives. They spend so much time on Twitter because it kind of gives them their validation of their following now and everything. And I think that, and they get attaboys from their friends. And you and I've talked about this forever that I think they think it's just this issue. Like to me, a bigger issue was like, why should we believe you're going to say healthy? Like there are other things football wise that to me take precedent over any of that topic. Cause I don't think anyone reading these people or watching NFL Network, like the, the percentage of people that actually care is tiny. From what the media person actually believes, everyone cares about this. No, you kind of do. And then a small percentage of your following does. Because yeah, again, the I, I, I also, the other thing I, that bothers me, not about this specific story, but just generally, is the media is really big now. Like there's just a lot of people. There's a lot of outlets. I mean, here we are. And not, not all are created the same. Not all act the same. Not all have the same priorities. 100% like I, I'm not a journalist and I would never like that's why I wouldn't that's so why I respect it and I think those old school guys but I just mean like I watch a press conference and I see some awful questions and I see some great questions and it's like this is why Kevin Durant hates the media it's like well yeah but not all the media asks those dumbass questions right not all the media saw the video of PJ Tucker throwing a towel on the towel on the kid and was like what PJ is disrespecting that kid and I don't know. I mean, I think most people are like, yeah, it's dumb. But all it takes is one person. And I saw someone like say that. Says, I saw someone say that. That's like their guy, and he's fucking of with Of course. <laughs> of course. Who would watch that and think, like, PJ's obviously disrespecting the towel boy? Like, it's insane to think that. Insane. But again, a guy, if your controversy is led by what everyone on Twitter saying, then I know well, it's yeah, not a controversy. Well, so that's where I think, and I get that to, like, Donald Trump is the president of America, so he's a polarizing individual. And the Kaepernick thing became really big. It became really, really big. And I, we were so tired of talking about it just because we had been talking about him as a player for so long. And then all these people jumped in late when it became about identity politics. I just think the Nick Bosa thing was kind of forced in there on levels that just most people don't care. And I think that's what sometimes the media – and I'm, I, I'm not – I'm t t talking about people like high-level media, people that make six figures, that have good jobs, that you know have been doing this a while – that I think they view sometimes things that are important because their brethren that they talk to a lot all do when it's really not. And again, this all gets back to sometimes the out-of-touchness when you go to game for free and you don't quite have a feel like for what the actual fan who keeps us all going actually is talking about and cares about. Did the 49ers ask him about it? Like when they interview, because that to me, like if they asked him about it, then that in and of itself is a story. Now, is it the biggest story? No, none of this stuff is. But well, like, would it be a story right now if I said if that was part of their due diligence on him, then that's a story. Would it be a story right now, guy? If somehow, because it's not public, right? But if I just said, well, I found out that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan voted for Donald Trump. You agree that would become a story through the media? <laughs> I mean, I like. Would people talk about it? That to me is different than it actually becoming a real story. Like, are they going to get asked about it in a press conference? Because I'll know. say this: I, I'm pretty confident neither of them checked Hillary Clinton's box on the sheet if they voted. Okay, but that's I'm, not a story. 
But again, like I, I think it would bother a lot of the media people that talk about this. Well, it and might, but that's different stuff. than it being a story. But I think that's where the Bosa thing became a story because it bothered them. I don't think it okay, bothered. But, like, but did the not? But again, did the Niners ask him? Did this was this part of their due diligence? I think John Lynch said in the in like with Kawakami, or maybe said it on his press conference, at like the second day after Nick talked that he did not, because they felt comfortable with everything with they had heard. So they probably knew about it, but just it didn't come up with now them, because all they he, care about is Kenny. Could play. he? Could he be like lying a little bit just to like he doesn't want to continue to grow it? Well, it also could be as simple as they met with him and they're like, you know, that's not representative of him. Like the way, like did Richard Sherman ask him about it directly, or did he, is he going to spend some time with him? Be like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like I don't think guys are going to walk up to him in the locker room like Nick. What is your take? But I, this all gets this gets back to my point, guy, about the media and politics. I have friends. I, I don't know. I don't even give a fuck. No one. I, it doesn't matter. People don't. Yeah, but care. I also think this is beyond politics. This. I don't think this is. Ju- I. I think specifically Donald Trump, although it's become very Republican Democrat because they've had to follow. You have to follow whatever line you're on. I. I don't. There are a lot of other presidents, Republican, right leaning, heavy right leaning presidents, that would not have created this kind of media dramatics with to me there's no doubt about that so this goes beyond i somewhat agree liberal i somewhat agree but yeah i mean it's changed a little with social media like i i I don't know i I, we'll find out with the next president if this is just abnormal is this kind of kind of be the new way yeah i think it goes beyond politics and um policy and it becomes perceived or real about morality and race and all this other stuff that is not politics probably is not the word that encompasses what this thing is really about 100 percent. no one has a problem with him if he's a republican if you find out he's a racist then we got a problem yeah but i think here's where it gets blurry guy yeah they they blur the two together now. The media does. They they they. Well, say, well but that's where I would, maybe you, maybe you would tell me I'm making. I've got a media take here. I think, I think specifically, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I I think part of the reason that has occurred is not. I don't think it's like a mystery why that has happened. And some of that might you could argue maybe you would argue has been created by the media, but I don't think the media has done a great job, um, in covering Donald Trump, but. Uh, I don't think they created a racial component to this. No, I'm not saying that either. He's added flames to the fire on that. But my point is just because you vote, like a lot of people just vote. I'm voting. I make a lot of money. I don't want you to take my money. That's how I operate as a politician. I don't give a shit about anything else. And I know in the Bay Area, for example, and I have a problem with this, and I've lived in basically Berkeley is Davis 2.0, I've been around rich, rich, super left-leaning people, and I go, well, when it comes to money, it gets very fraudulent because, as we see in Marin County, where I know some of the reporters live, they were asking Nick Bosa, like, you guys refuse to build low-income housing. So, yeah, we're socially liberal around here, and I say, you know what? Most people, in my experience, under 40, are very socially liberal, conservative people. No one cares. No one does. It's a small percentage of people that care about abortion that are in the South. Now, it's getting too political, but my thing is, like, who are we to even ask them these questions? Like, we got our own fucking issues around here. We lead America in poverty. We don't help anybody. And we got more goddamn money than anyone. So it's like, we, I, I, I get uncomfortable with getting on our moral high horse. If we were some utopia, but it's like, go to the communities. We got poop, needles, and poverty everywhere. Yet we got more money than everyone. And we got these communities that refuse to build anything. So it's like, 
I think it's just all fraudulent. That's why I was uncomfortable with the whole Nick Bosa thing. When it came, especially the local media, blasting him in the papers. It's like, this is bullshit. Not that anyone even reads the newspaper. But it's like, I, I thought Kawakami was the most fair of them all. And he was, because he basically said what Richard Sherman says. If this guy's good, no one's going to care. Because if you've been around locker rooms, no one talks about that. I, I was around football my whole life. No one in sports talks about race. The, the media is consumed by this shit. I, I, well, because the but John, around. but but John, the country in a in 2019, it's a major topic. But, but is it, or is it just big yeah. on Twitter? No, I think it is. I, I I think it's bigger on Twitter than in reality. I think most people you just meet and you just go into life. You just people just treat each other normally. Yeah, but sometimes out in the open is not where that stuff occurs. Again, I'm not saying shit doesn't happen. I, I just think that social media is just convoluting a lot of things. Well, man. yeah, but I, but I'm not even talking about social media. I'm just saying, I think there are. I I I understand people who say your decision should not be strictly financially based. I get that. And I just go back. Well, why does no one around? Why did the people, all the rich people that are left leaning, not help anyone financially? And they claim to do. Like it's it's just very. Yeah, that's but I, I don't. Thing. That's that's that that's a blanket statement. But it's not because it's proven no, around it here they refuse to. It's, no, it's just a see, fact. It's not, but guy, that's not come true. on. No one's helped. These these the richest areas that we live around do not build any low income housing. That's a fact. They consistently vote it down. It happens everywhere. Pacific Heights, Marin County. Oh, I, I get it. I, I understand. So it. it's like I, we don't get to be on our moral high horse with but that. This, but it's, it's not about, about being on a moral high horse. It's not what it's about. If you want to pick and choose the people that you think are on a moral high horse and say that they speak for everybody, fine. But that's not what this thing is about. And I think it, it, I think we overcomplicate a lot of this I, stuff. Well, it's, it's why my take's pretty simple when it comes to politics. They're all frauds. And if you just have that, you don't get offended by anything. That's my stance. Yeah, that's but, why, I, why I don't vote. Yeah. Um, you you really think, think that we go above and beyond in this area? To no, help people? I, I didn't say that. But I'm not even getting into it. I'm just saying, I think it. I think we're on a on a new level right now, and it's. I think we're on another level right now than just what politics is. In this country. Yeah. Yeah, well, beyond they, Republican, Democrat. And, well, I, I would agree, but and that's why when these when famous players get dragged into it, it gets it becomes such a polarizing story. And and part of it would yes, make both the yes, story. And, and and right or wrong, my point is the uh, the media is contributing, but they're not. It, this would is Nick, not just about the liberal media. Like would I think Nick Bosa have been as polarizing if he was fourth rounder, Nick Bosa. No. Instead of the number two overall pick and arguably no. that basically start to finish in during the season, the number one overall non-quarterback in the country. Mm -mm. And with a famous name and a famous brother that that played a part into it, like his fame played a part into it. Right. His brother's fame, just his family's fame, his name, his fame coming from Ohio State. Like no it doubt. was a, it was a unique situation. No doubt. I, I, I just think people in the media or just maybe even on Twitter assume that all players, especially black players are just super liberal. And I just, I've been around them. I just don't think that's true. Cause they're just, they're making so much money. I'm just telling that's just not the way like they're, I think, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any, I, I agree with that. I just, to me, basic 
I don't know, man. The, like the, these basic um, labels that have become to mean something else, like liberal. Uh, this, I, I think the whole thing has gone beyond what's reasonable. Um, and some of that is the media's contribution, no doubt about it. There's no doubt. But I like, like the problem is, and we saw it with Colin, is there is just no middle ground. Oh, uh, well, none. it's just... The- well, the problem is where do a lot of these conversations happen? Through social media, well, right? Where, they, yeah, wherever it happens, though, there is just no, no in-between. And we talked about it a lot on the radio show. Like, I thought, you know, the thing with Colin became, if you're going to do something controversial, you better be perfect. Like, you better act perfect, or else you're going to get killed. And that's part of, that's part of, that's part of what the story with him was. And, and I, I would imagine if you sat was, down with him, he probably because the pig. I don't know. I would love. Pig. I would. You told yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I would love to see a Colin interview right now. Is there a chance that he doesn't regret the pig socks or the Castro shirt? I don't know. I don't know either. He doesn't talk, so I, I don't know. But that, that's part of my thing, though. Is like that to me. That shouldn't define everything that he does. Um. You know, I think we treated him like he had to have this absolute, clear like uh, syllabus. For here's how it's all going to play out, and it got pretty wild. Um, and, the, and then the the other side of that coin was we like you couldn't talk about him like he wasn't a good quarterback. Like if you said he wasn't a good quarterback, it must be because you hate him. I, I know that's and that and was so, the worst part for everyone that had watched him and go, God, he was not that good. And you and I stood on that regardless of what the stats said. He wasn't the same guy physically. He couldn't run away from anyone anymore. And you couldn't say that because. You just got. You were then labeled a racist. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I don't even. This is not even worth it. Yeah, and like even though, I, I even remember when, everyone. You know, the funny part is, the entire country, and this is my issue with social media, is such a sheep mentality, had been making fun of him for like the last year because he'd have these moments in game. I remember when Vine still it was, was good old fashioned fun. Yeah. They were playing the Packers, and he let out a pass, kind of slipped out of his hands. It went like six yards right into the ground. It was one of my most viral vines ever. Everyone was making fun of him. And then a year later, it was like, this guy is, this guy's like Favre, meets Randall Cunningham, still at 30 years old. The NFL, and, and no one's even, yeah, the NFL definitely blackballed him. But let's not act like he's just some ass kicker just sitting there on the street ready to win you games. Right. And then oh. it was the stat line, remember, because it was like 16-4 and four with Chip. But it was like, we were watching all those games like, eh, this team sucks. The, 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 remember when the – I'll never forget this. The Honey Badger, who's one of the more – one of the truly great stories probably in NFL history. Look, got kicked out of school. I was like, God, is anyone going to touch this guy? Builds other players up. Yeah, he like becomes this ultimate great leader. Larry Fitzgerald called him <clears throat> the captain of the team. Larry Fitzgerald called that. Like was like, yeah, they run a rudimentary offense, and we think he's terrible. And then he picked him off twice. And he had a pick six. He threw two pick sixes in the first half. Didn't Tony then, Jefferson say something? I know we yeah, talked about Yeah, Tony this. Jefferson said after the game, like, yeah, the, that was the biggest joke game plan we'd ever seen. I mean, it was it was yeah. in a league that players don't usually touch that, they were open like, this is a joke. That doesn't get talked about anymore, though. No, no. We talked about it. We talked about it. Uh, but that's not really an issue you can even touch in uh, mixed company. Yeah. You know, no. because because I love to like, look, man, like go. I love to tell people like go check the tape, go check the terrestrial radio tape. I was a staunch defender of his right to like 
You don't I, disrupt with the war. You know, you don't make changes without disruption. But I'm telling you, he wasn't a good quarterback. Well, I guess my issue is, and this is where I, let's just use this as an example. I don't want to spend too much more time talking about this because it doesn't matter. But like if Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson said, you know what? I voted for Donald Trump. You admit like that would become a big story. Yeah. And think how stupid, well, why? What if he's like, you know, I'm about to make $300 million and I'm tired of these motherfuckers taking money out of my paycheck. He's like, luckily when Coach K paid me, he paid me cash. So we didn't have to get taxed yeah, on I think people would say it, like, can't you find somebody else to help you keep your money? Isn't there another way to help you keep your money? Well, he's like, no, you can't avoid it if you're going to follow the laws. No, no, but my point is like, just, I think people would be like, well, just get another Republican president to help you keep your money. Like, I think that's, that's at the heart of it all. Right, it's well, not. It's like this was the only guy I could vote for at the time. I had to vote. No, for no, no. I know, I know. I get. So why can't you say that? I that, wanted that, to keep my money. Yeah. I don't know. Come up with better candidates, everybody. <laughs> Both sides. Why? Why would you ever want to run? Why would any human with a brain want to get involved? Yeah. To save America. We're probably just about to end anyway. Well, you know, I, I read a book in college. Uh, I forget what it was called. I've got it on my shelf somewhere. Fahrenheit 9-11? No, no. Was that Chomsky? I don't know. Was that, no, about was that Michael Moore? Burning burn the books? Was that Michael Moore? I don't know. Uh, it was No, it was, this was pre... This book was written in like the 90s, I think. It was just like, you know, every society has fallen in the history of Earth. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it, it could end can, I, can I short that? And would you short, would you short America right now? <laughs> if you were, uh, what's I, I wouldn't take that bet even if I believed it. I wouldn't either. You know? you're basically you're basically shorting yourself. Yeah, it'd be like now you're Pete Rose. Not really, <laughs> Pete. Pete bet on his team. He claims. Yeah, so you'd have to bet on the futures. Yeah. No way, Pete's telling the truth. It's a great question. There is no doubt in my mind that at least one game Pete bet against a pitcher that he just didn't like. Just like on his own. Some guy he hated. Yeah, I mean, and left him in there for seven innings. Had to be the case. Well, he's getting lit. Maybe. Do you think Pete drank during the games? Has any coach in baseball history drank during the games? Yeah, uh, surely. <laughs> uh, yes. One thousand percent. In the last ten years, a manager drank during the games. Would be a little more that. difficult. Yeah, Would be that's... a little more difficult. Post last, suits. Last 20? Probably 20. Mm. So that includes the 90s. Could you could you include like a little something in your coffee? Because they drink coffee during yeah, the game. Kahlua? The one thing, you and I were talking about this. If I could get like the next 30 for 30 I want, we were talking about this on the golf course, is I just want to know like in depth. I'd love to see like a Gruden QB camp with Hank Schramm. Gruden and Hank Schramm or like may like one of those like what did you guys really do game plan wise leading up to a game but 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 wouldn't it be the equivalent of like whoever one of the best business leaders in America in like the 50s with like Steve Jobs in the 90s they would just be talking about more complicated shit now yeah yeah it was just they they would have so much but a lot of the most now. basic but a lot of the most basic premises would probably still be similar right but i just yeah. wonder like i feel like if you run Effort, a business smarts if you ran a business in the 50s, you probably had, I would guess, you had more data on your business than an NFL coach had about his team. 
You think that's true? Like you knew how many barrels of oil, you knew to the dollar how much was coming in every day. You knew where it was going. You knew where it was coming from. You knew which markets were selling. Which, like, I think you, you would you would know like their height, weight, speed, how fast they are, yeah. how many plays they played. You know very basic stuff. But you wouldn't know like did you know? You would have no computers about anything. Did you just like eyeball like oh, I I think he's been dropping the ball lately, or did you know that he dropped seven passes? Well, I think week? that would be pretty. Again, you know, like an accountant from the fifties, everything was just on paper. You would just do the same shit. You would just you would just take did the they, notes. You think though? I would imagine the NFL they had to. I don't know. I don't like how much film do they really have? How good was the film? Well, to me, there was a lot of human error. Like, was the guy, you know, who was in charge of marking down drops in practice, you know, start bullshitting in practice and they're not filming? Well, I just mean, like, maybe he goes to the film and then you can't really tell. Yeah, it'd be difficult. I'm just curious, like, really, these guys weren't wearing headsets. They were wearing suits. They had, like, one piece of, they had, like, that morning, they had the Washington Post in their hands. You're basically saying you're not sure John Wooden can make the tournament in today's day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, not Wooden. More football. To me, it's more football. Right? Yeah, because football is very film-based. Like, that's we always talk about could a player play in a certain era. We never talk about could a coach coach in a certain era. Do you think that Lombardi 100% is making the playoffs this year? If you just grab Vince no, and like 65. absolutely not. How could he? Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe Vince is just he would adapt in six weeks. But part okay. of this is like the I, environment. I think it would be fair. You'd have to give him a couple years, like just society and being around teams, being around players, and then just making him the head but coach. Part of being the genius is like with the guy that invented the wheel. You put him in 2019. Would he just invent like something else crazy? Well, like is the right if you if 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 I just grab the Wright brothers yeah. and put them right now, are they inventing the flying car today? May, uh, yeah, it's a great the question. Flying boat, you know, or I don't know, whatever the driveless car. Maybe they or worked their asses like, off and they were tough. Like the dude that the first guy that I think tried the double wing thing died. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be the thing? Like, say one thing for Elon, he's notorious. Like, he just works. Like These guys, yeah, their work ethic would be like, they they flew a plane and it crashed, and then they spent two years on the next one, and then they drove it back to North Carolina, and they flew another one. Well, wouldn't you yeah. just say the Wright brothers are just like Elon Musk? They just come in different shapes and sizes as we go on. Yeah, but, right. The question is just like, yeah, it could be you just interchange them. Like, Elon, if he was the guy alive during when there was no wheel, he would have been the guy to invent the wheel. Like, and then, what like, if I that told guy, you, like, Bill Gurch. Belichick's equivalent is just Vince Lombardi. Like, that was, like, what he was like. Yeah, but you can't just take that guy and just drop him in 2019 and expect him to adapt either. Well, he wouldn't be able to because, like, you were just able to scream at people and everyone just reacted. <laughs> Up, down. And they didn't have Down. They didn't have Up. <laughs> down. Up. No water. Concussions. That's the yeah. one. My great sports mystery is like nobody had arm injuries. I guess that's not true. Not nobody. People did. Anyway. All what right. What do you mean injuries? Oh, uh, like Tommy John? Yeah, like dude just pitched nine years without three days off in between. But then also like Koufax's career ended after. Like, but also gets back to what you're saying. Like they were throwing 89, 90, not true. 99. Yeah. It might be like, hey, guys, maybe we should look at how hard we're throwing. Because if players started hitting harder, then you'd go, like, maybe they're getting more hurt. The balls go the same length, right? 60 feet, 6 inches? No, I'm just saying, like, it's not like batters now hit it that much farther. But it's easier to time up. Like, the batters haven't changed, right? They still The balls still go the same amount they always kind of have in baseball for the last, like, 50 years. But the pitcher, the velocity of the ball coming in is dramatically different. 
But yeah, basically, they, doubles are still doubles. Home runs vary between 380 to 450. Like they they don't now go. Do you know what's crazy, guy? Is off a 99 mile an hour fastball now a home run will travel 510 on the average. Like that doesn't that hasn't taken place. Right. Now does the exit velocity just off like the 50 feet in the infield off a ball that fast probably faster than it once was? I'm sure it is. Yeah. They say Mickey hit the facade up in upper. That's right what I'm saying. Like Yankee Stadium. legit power hitters have always hit it really deep. Like the the distance of a ball with the like unlike golf, these guys back in the day being deep forty years ago was two seventy. Now it's three forty. Where in baseball, you hear stories of Mickey Mantle or Hank Aaron. Well, yeah, it like took they, till a month ago for somebody to hit a ball further than Ted Williams at Fenway. Yeah, or didn't someone the other day hit like a? Didn't Andres Galarraga have like one of the longest home runs ever at AT and T or Oracle Park? Yeah, hit almost a Coke bottle. Yeah. Now he was. Yeah, because your boy, uh, what's his name, hit it the other day. Gary Sanchez. Yeah, Gary Sanchez hit two the other day. That was just stupid. But you you would say, well, Galarraga was, you know, might have had a little. It was the nineties. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch a few of these. Galarraga might be my next uh, Instagram trivia. I I never. I've gotten close on one. They're tough. (laughs) All right. On that note, uh, maybe back with another Wednesday uh, Warrior preview. We'll keep them coming. All right. Later. Gotta go hit the driving range. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.